Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar, and on today's episode, I'm doing things a little bit differently, and I'm taking the show on the road. So I will be at Longevity Gardens in Tempe, and I will be talking with Pam Mace of Seed Bank Box. I love going to her gardens because she shows me all around the gardens and all the different things that you can grow here in Arizona that you would never, ever think could possibly grow here, like mangoes papayas. She's got um, cherries and mulberries and all kinds of different date palms and just a number of different things that are so cool that you would never think you could grow here. And we're going to be talking all about urban gardening, all about her seed bank box, how she started from absolutely nothing. She had just a dirt lot and now has this luscious, beautiful garden. So I can't wait to talk to her and I can't wait for you to hear her. So let's go. So we're doing things a little differently today. Uh, I am at Longevity Gardens here in Tempe with Pam Mace. Uh, this is her home urban garden. She rents out garden beds here. Um, she's got all kinds of crazy different plants that you would never think even grow in Arizona. But we're here to talk about all kinds of different things about health and gardening and why she got into gardening and uh, I'm excited to talk to her so Pam welcome thank you or I guess welcome for me because I'm at your place so uh, yeah I want to start by talking about um, you started this garden from bare bones right right so it was a complete dirt lot and you're right here in like the center of South Tempe um, off mill and or baseline and rural right right and um, what did you start with here? Um, well, the first thing that I did when I bought this house, I, the reason I bought it is because it had such a large backyard, right? I got one of those pie-shaped yards in the neighborhood. So, and I, I've been gardening most of my life, but I come from Canada and gardening is a little bit differently there. But I still just absolutely love to garden. I love growing my own food, mostly because I love the way my own food tastes and the gratification I get from it. Yeah, it's so, much different growing your food than it is getting it from the grocery store. Absolutely. And um, so I always knew I wanted to do that. And I have never lived in a climate like this where I thought I could grow anything. Um, so I bought this place. And the very first thing that I did, uh, like all other Arizona um, yards, they had just rocks in the front. Right. So I put an ad on Craigslist and I had free rocks and crew came and took every single last rock away. So I had an even more bare bones yard. Uh, the next thing I did is I got about 18 flatbed trucks of wood chips brought in. So um, the wood chips in my yard are now about three feet uh, deep because uh, that was one of the things that I learned um, how to keep things alive here in the desert because I've got over 200 trees on this property now and the only way I can keep them alive is to have a huge amount of wood chips. So because that's one the of the wood chips do what? Um, the wood chips uh, work on a lot of different uh, levels. Uh, it's a good ground cover to start with. My animals love it. I got chickens. You can see my chickens here yeah. uh, rotor tilling everything in and eating all the bad bugs that are here. Right. Uh, my dogs love it. Uh, and the wood chips will keep the moisture in the ground. So when you water your tree, um, it'll cut your 
water cost down to a fraction because it'll hold in all that moisture. And then that's the first thing. The second thing is that it's protecting the ground from our Arizona heat. The sun beats down and it'll cook it'll cook the roots right through the ground on some of these delicate trees. Like I have some tropical trees here like mangoes. And uh, the way I keep mangoes alive in the desert is by having them surrounded by about three feet of wood chips. Yeah, and mangoes actually do surprisingly well here. Mm -hmm. um, I have one in my backyard that has a little bit of frostbite, but uh, it still is growing and doing well. It's, it grew probably, I think, in the first few months I had it, a couple of feet, shockingly, because I never thought I could grow mangoes here at all. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it's it's fun to have all kinds of different things that you can, because your garden is almost 100% edible. Yeah, I would say it's about 95% <laughs> edible. Uh, the only things that I've planted that are not edible are actually good um, insectaries that I have planted to bring in beneficial bugs and bees and things like that into my yard. So there's flowers and things like that growing and bushes that are for my beneficial bugs. So I have a nice ecosystem going on. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. So what was the first tree you planted? Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I do know what it was. It was a fig. Okay. I, and I hadn't even um, moved in yet. And I, I, I was so eager to start my garden and start growing my own food and, and starting to do things like that. Uh, I went and asked a friend of mine for some trees because he, he was a landscaper. And he brought me a bare root fig. And I kept that fig on a patio in a condo huh. <laughs> while I was looking for a house because th that's oh. how eager I was to plant. And that fig is still here at the at the back of my yard and uh, one of the bigger figs I have, so yeah. Nice. So you actually do garden tours here. So you bring people around, like you'll set up, you have a time in a day where you tour people around your garden. Mm -hmm. uh, are you gonna be doing any of those anytime soon or? I, I will do uh, some here in this next year. Um, I did do a lot of tours uh, when I first started because when I started this garden, I really had to learn how to garden all over again. I didn't know how to garden in the desert. So um, after, and I'm just kind of hard knocks. I, you know, I try to learn from other people, but I usually try everything myself. So I, I did unfortunately kill a lot of trees. Yeah, um, I've done that too. Every, uh, every, yeah, yep. everyone, everyone has, no one likes to <laughs> admit it. But um, I learned so much in the first few years I started to garden and I started to find some real success. So I started giving tours and tried to like, I really wanted to share my knowledge uh, for other people that wanted to do the same thing because it really is just, you know, you can take so much control of your diet and your health and your life uh, by growing your own food. And speaking of health and diet, one of the trees that you have a lot of is the Moringa tree. Um, can you explain some of the benefits and uh, like what you do with the Moringa? Yeah, the Moringa is probably what I'm most famous for. I think I've got nine or ten of them here on the property. Um, I really, a lot of people call them the miracle tree or the multivitamin tree or the drumstick tree. So it's got a, it's got a lot of names. Um, it's a tree that's 100% edible and it really is designed to just grow here in the desert. Um, it's probably the most nutritious tree that you can grow and all the moringa that I have on the property some of them are about 20 feet tall in the in the late summer and I've grown them from seed so they're incredibly fast growing and they have so many um, health benefits I mean they really are uh, the miracle tree and the cure to cancer in my opinion mm -hmm. um, it, it's really expensive to buy moringa powder in the store 
and you can just grow you know enough for your whole family by one tree in your yard so right. this really is uh, amazing I mean it's so nutritious it's got more you know it's got more protein than beef it's got more calcium than oranges it's got more potassium than bananas and it's 100% edible and uh, another feature that I really love about the moringa is that it will be it has a tap root so its root system goes straight down and will find its own water source mm -hmm. so it grows to these huge heights uh, every year uh, without you having to water it and also because it has a, a taproot system you can plant these incredibly close to your house and it will shade your house every summer and you can cut them completely back every winter and allow the sun to warm up your house so it it's on so many levels and I really do um, advocate for the moringa and um, that's one of the reasons um, actually started a lot of my businesses was because of the moringa because people that knew about it and could recognize it growing in my yard they would um, I would come home to like money and notes in my mailbox because <laughs> people have come onto my property and they took a bunch of things off my yard like seeds and things but they didn't want to steal it so they were leaving me money right in my mailbox and I was like you know maybe this people are really I know eager to have this so um, I started selling the seeds and Ever since I did, I've been selling out every single year yeah. of my seeds. So tell me some things that you can do, because it's, it's not the best tasting, we'll say. It tastes like a multivitamin. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So you dry the leaves and grind up the leaves and put them in like protein shakes. What, mm -hmm. what other kinds of things? I have even put them um, in capsules. I went and bought some, you know, pill capsules and then put them in capsules and I take it like I make my own multivitamins Ooh, that's to, cool. to take every day. Yeah. I slip it into a lot of food. I slip it into smoothies. I slip it into um, whether it's stews or sprinkle it on a very small amount in salad so yeah I do sneak it into my food just because uh, and I take it because I know the health benefits of it yeah and you can actually cook the pods and eat the pods and the mm -hmm. peas or beans or whatever the, what are they seeds I guess yeah they call yeah they call yeah it is the pods you want to uh, get them when they're young so they're nice and tender and that is actually in so many dishes in Indian dishes and other cultures that are familiar with the drumstick tree yeah and that is what they use it for so there's so many recipes out there uh, mm -hmm. for it and it is actually just delicious it just tastes like a when you get them nice and young they just taste like a bean <laughs> cool so we're sitting out here and it's beautiful out and it's actually winter I guess you could call it winter it's like 60 I think and a lot of the trees they don't die but they lose their leaves and kind of have a lot of trouble in the winter how do you you know what were some things that you did in your process to of killing trees to kind of see what grows here and what does really well and what things you like and what things you didn't like I know we talked about Previously, you got rid of your bananas because they were taking up too much water. So what are some of the trees that you have here that have done really well that you really like personally? Um, yeah, I think I've tried almost every tree here. Um, I didn't want to never just try to grow a tree. So I've, I, I have tried to grow everything. And uh, some things don't belong here and some things I think you can grow anything here. Um, but when you get to 200 trees, I mean, how much of your time can be spent on each tree? Oh, yeah. So when you only have five trees, like 20% of your time can go to each tree, and that's yeah. not bad. But when you have 200, it's yeah. half a percent of your time for each tree. It's a lot so, of trees. <laughs> so I did get rid of uh, something like the banana. You know, bananas actually do really well here. And you can get great bananas. You can get great flowers from the bananas to cook with. 
uh, but they, they do require a lot of water and um, bananas are you know, they're relatively inexpensive in the store. Yeah. <laughs> and Trader Joe's has them for like 14 cents. Right. And I was, I was spending about anywhere from 14 to $100 per banana that I can grow myself. So yeah. um, I did make the decision to take them out. I wanted to put something that, uh, that can give me um, more ROI, more return on my investment for right. my water and the space on my property. And that was kind of a hard decision to make because I absolutely love banana palms. I think everyone does. They're so tropical they and beautiful looking. They are beautiful. They're, they're one of my favorite trees because they're just so, every time it pushes a new leaf, you're like, oh, yay. <laughs> I know. And you almost want to save them and you're trying to keep them perfect. And I was, it was like, so far that was the hardest decision I've made in my yard to get rid of my bananas. Yeah. Um, so um, the thing that I've replaced them with is um, the number one tree that I'm absolutely in love and obsessed with. And those are the date palms. Right. And this is one of the few places in the world that you can grow date palms. They, you know, they uh, they need the desert. Right. They need the heat. And um, so I, and they taste the best. I mean, each date palm will produce about 300 pounds of dates for you every year. And they're like a magical tasting And fruit. you have how many dates? I think I have 22 of them on the property right and now. And how many different types? <laughs> <laughs> There's probably about 50. 15 plus I'd have to count I don't <laughs> and the fate which one is your favorite um, well I know that's a tough call I know um, the China gold and the black sphinx are both fighting for first place okay and then you um, so you can't actually plant a seed of mm. a date you have to take the pups correct Yes, I should do a video on that because there's so many, you know, I, I do do a lot of YouTube videos and there's so many videos on people showing you how to propagate dates from seed. And I need to save some people because <laughs> um, they're not true to seed. If you try to plant the seed, you're going to, well, first you're going to end up with maybe, you know, 50-50 chance of whether it's a male, right. which will never give you a date. Right. So it has to be a female and that seed, even if it is, turns into a female date palm, it's likely those dates will not be edible or taste good. Uh -huh. The only way to um, get the date palms in your yard, the dates that you love to eat, are to go find the date that you like, find its mother, and pop off one of the pups that grows off of it and bring it into your yard. Right. So what do you feel are some of the health benefits of dates? Because you love them so very much. <laughs> well, it's just like liquid sunshine. And there, there's something to be said about... Um, the cultivating the different varieties of dates like here uh, we you know it's not a big in the culture but in other countries especially in the Middle East I mean you know humans survived on this for thousands of years mm -hmm. and um, the varieties that they found to taste well are the ones that they kept propagating so each date palm has always a wonderful history of where it came from and because someone had to take care of it right and keep it going and propagate it and share it so um, I just love the history of each a variety of date and so it's like bringing in a piece of history into your yard and that's what I really love about it and it takes so much care to propagate them and take care of the mother and then take care of the daughters and the granddaughters right and then you can share them with friends and keep it going so that there's a little bit of a just like a, a family affair and a love affair <laughs> with uh, with the day ponds and so I do love that part of it um, and taking care of them um, there are somewhat difficult to take care of they will stab you <laughs> yeah they are kind of dangerous yeah That's they're worse true. than a cactus right? <laughs> yeah you wouldn't I, believe it either you walk by and you're like, oh ow. 
and they they don't just do things on their own like um you know like my mulberries here mulberries are my second favorite but they're completely different um you really do need to uh, pollinate them by hand you have to take care of them the entire process of when the flowers start putting off and then bringing in pollen and taking care of it and then bagging them and trimming them constantly feeding them so it is like taking care of a child almost yeah. um, and, but the reward for it is um, the highest you know you know just a pound of some of these days will be like twelve dollars in yeah. the store yeah so your return is so it, it's so amazing and they taste so amazing it's just um, you know I don't know how, how you can love liquid sunshine caramel well, that you people, grew yourself yeah I think people when they think of dates you know they've only had it one type of date and it, they didn't like it but there's so many different kinds and they have different flavors and sweetness and um, there's some that are smaller and more tough there's some that are bigger and softer mm -hmm. you know so it's you have to you have to try them you can't just say you don't like it right <laughs> well and that's the that's the wonderful discovery about gardening for yourself and growing your own food um, and that's why people get really almost addicted to it and just just they just want to be in their garden yep because uh, everyone discovers things over and over again that they can grow and then they can eat and then they'll never buy it again in the store right uh, one of the other examples I have of it is I have some papayas now I have tried papayas before um, and from the store but they're tropical and usually they're they were picked a few months ago and shipped halfway around the world to right. get to my store and I pay seven dollars for it right and I didn't like it <laughs> so I thought I actually didn't like papaya but um, it's one of those things that of course I want to try and grow here so I grew some and I had a papaya off that tree that I from my yard and it was amazing and it's not one of my favorite fruits to eat yeah and I will always have papaya and, and keep them going so you discover things like that that you actually love and the different tastes um, I think everyone can agree when you um, when you grow your first tomato or carrot or something yep. out of your garden, you eat it. You're you're just uh, your your jaw will drop. Yep. You're amazed by how good it tastes because we're used to our vegetables just not really having a lot of taste anymore. Right. They're just crunchy water, even in the organic section of your store. So if you can grow your food, and you'll discover how amazing food can be again without you having to add fats and sugars and salts to it right. they're just raw and um, and that's where the real health benefits come because um, another thing that I do and that I have discovered about why things taste so good when you grow them yourself um, is what because you're in control of your own soil that yep absolutely and so that's one of the one of the things I've learned and one of the things that uh, I teach and give seminars of is what you can do to your soil to have the best success not just for helping things grow but putting the most nutrition uh, and nutrients into your food well that will then go into you I mean you don't have to take all these supplements um, and vitamins uh, from the store when you grow your own food and have vitamins and have minerals in your food so I, I do things like I, I put azomite which is a, a mineral rock dust in my soil so it can get soaked up into my vegetables and when I eat them um, you know that's why I call this place longevity gardens because I actually do want to live to you know 150 will yeah. do so I practice um, I, I believe it <laughs> back here sitting in this Zen garden I think you could live to 150 for sure <laughs> if you grow and eat your own food I mean yeah. you won't get diseases in your in your family and your kids will um, not have allergies and they won't get sick and so the benefits from that 
um, are huge and the only way to do it is to grow your own food in your own soil that you add um, the proper things to like rock dust right. uh, minerals and you're really going to notice if you have kids that have um, allergies and asthmas and you'll find that if you start growing their own food for them they're going to get minerals that they haven't been able to have even once in their lives because Absolutely. it's not in our food and you're going to notice that your kids are going to be that much more healthier and that's i actually got into gardening myself for that reason because i got really sick and um i was diagnosed with hashimoto's thyroiditis so i have um hypothyroid and just everything was all messed up and i wanted to just eat better not that i ate bad but I know the benefits of having my own garden and I have a much, much smaller backyard than yours. And I have five raised bed gardens and an herb garden. And then I've planted, I've got two mulberries, I have a mango, I've got peaches, I have all kinds of citrus. So I know not only the benefits of it, but then it's not just the gardening itself, for the food but for stress relief I mean it's such a huge stress reliever to go back into your garden plant something see it grow get your hands dirty and know that you've accomplished something and then the reward like you said with the dates you know you put all this work into it and then you eat this fantastic date and you're like wow I did this I produced this this was this is amazing it tastes so good it's just so it's like all encompassing. It's like mind, body, and soul just in your garden. And then you sit back there and kind of stand and look at all the things that have grown and see where it went, came from and to where it is. Because you have, I know you've got before and after pictures. I have some up too. Um, but you can see where you started and where you are now. Mm -hmm. um, and you sell, so you sell the azomite. Uh, you sell the moringa. Um, you also have the seed bank box, which I is a monthly subscription that I actually get every month. Um, it's really cool to get this box every month. And you've got what is it? Eight seeds, I think is is in. Yeah. Um, eight seeds, and uh, if you want to explain the seed bank box. Well, I um, of course we're you start growing a lot of uh, different varieties of things, and you start discovery of so many different things and because we're in Arizona um, things will grow at different times of the year so it was another process that I had to learn um, but I just wanted to grow because all you can grow all year long as well you which can people do not think that <laughs> you can do that here and it might be a little bit different like we have to grow our leafy greens in the winter right <laughs> they won't survive in the summer no. so I had to make some dif different discoveries like that I wanted to take some of the guesswork out of um, what to grow for my customers, but I also wanted to offer them um, things that I've discovered. Like there's hundreds of different varieties of tomatoes. Now you'll never find them in the store or even the farmer's market. So I, I, I have fun sourcing sometimes very rare seeds to offer to my customers. And it's just so much fun to grow things that you've never even thought or seen before. Yeah, um, or knew existed. You never, I mean, I think I got, what was in, last month's box in January I think it was uh, I can't even remember now but I know oh, there was um there was a I I'll tell you one that it was in there and it'll never be in there again so if you weren't a subscriber for last month <laughs> you missed it there was a peppermint stick celery oh okay 
that was one of them in there. And I've never I don't seen. I remember that. Maybe I have. I maybe I have an. And um, <laughs> I was just shocked because I found this uh, this one, and I'm like, wow, I wanna I wanna get these for my customers. I've never grown it before. Yeah. And when I got the seeds, I was just shocked because they were smaller than grains of sand. I've never seen such a small seed, and it turns out that um, that variety of celery is one of the smallest seeds you'll ever find of any food you can ever grow. And so it was extremely difficult to work with, but I'm hoping it'll be rewarding. I've never grown it before, and yeah. I'm actually excited about it. And it was it was in last month's um, box, so <laughs> yeah. So you source these seeds; they're organic. They're things that can grow yeah. here, and you specifically package them for the season. So if you get a box in January then it's something you plant in the month of January and that will grow during that time because one of the hardest parts about gardening and I think is what turns so many people off is you don't know when to plant things and then you plant something and it dies and then you feel like you're wasting your money so that's what I love about this box is that you get things that are so unique that you know that when you get it it's something you can plant at that specific time and also you don't have to plant all of it and you can save it until next season if you if you you know don't have time to plant something at that time or room then you can save those seeds and they last you know they can last how long for that's why I named it Seed Bank Box because I I'm now having customers that are all over the country and some of them are like the poor people in Michigan <laughs> that are going to be you know in the the polar vortex this year right. i still have customers that are there and they're just go they just bank their seeds until they're ready to plant some people have greenhouses some people container plant so um, everyone has different systems uh going so um it'll work for almost everybody uh in the country i even have one customer in alaska which <laughs> which i found interesting um and another thing uh, why I called it Seed Bank Box and why um, they're good to have is because they're always heirloom and organic. So if you do plant something, even a, like a rare variety of carrot or you know squash, um, if you let them go to seed and save the seeds, you put them right back in that same box and you'll never have to buy those seeds ever again. They're always going to produce more seeds for you. Right. And when you take care of them properly, um, seeds have nearly an infinite shelf life um, when taken care of properly. Um, they don't go bad yeah. you know you know the earth has gone into ice ages for 10,000 years and <laughs> oh when 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 it finally melts you know those seeds will sprout won't right, they right. so they do last um uh, an extremely long time you don't have to buy them every year right so but sometimes i do put some rare things uh that i have you know um sourced and had gotten lucky with that i'll put in a box that you'll you'll never see again but don't worry you'll be able to save those seeds for whenever you're ready right if you know how to save seeds from your plants, which is another whole process, <laughs> but but uh, it's it's fun to learn all those things. And like I said, it's a huge stress relief. It's so fun to be to learn these things and then to have such a reward out of your backyard. And you can do it in something as small as a you know two by six or two by four garden bed. Um, believe it or not, I mean I have mine are all four by eight and I think yours are all four by eight as well or yours are mo mostly I think you've got eight by eight or six by eight or anyway I've got different things even something <laughs> called the living wall which is like a garden bed that I a narrow garden bed that I built all the way around my pool as a as a wall to separate it from the rest of the yard so I'm like well if I'm gonna build something like that I'm gonna 
yeah. plant some things in it. And I try to also make it just a sanctuary for myself. Like I have a koi pond, I have a river with a waterfall. We Which can you can probably hear back here. The noise that you hear is the waterfall and koi pond. Yeah, with koi fish in it. And of course I use the, the water is extremely valuable to me because um, I feed my trees with it. And that's why some of my trees are doing so well here that are difficult to grow because I feed them pond water. Right. <laughs> um, and so yes, like um, the part of longevity is to manage your stress uh, and gardening has definitely done that for me um, it's almost like a silent moving meditation when you're gardening and digging up soil and everyone just loves getting there everyone just loves playing with dirt it's just like a universal <laughs> human thing even even for the indoor girl yep somehow you go into your garden you got your you got dirt on your fingernails for the first time that year and then you planted something you feel good yep so um, it's, it, it does get addicting, um, and I think the, the thought of um, being here in Tempe, where you know, we're a little bit more cutting edge than some other cities, we're a little bit more trendy, so I'm glad that I live here. Um, but just to think that if everyone were to grow, on whatever scale, a yard like this, growing your own food, think about the changes that you can make across our own city yeah. and our families. by. Huge. By, by doing this, if everyone did this, the economy, you know, everyone would be less stressed and um, their families would be healthier. Everyone would get less sick. It could be a really revolution. Um, like one of the things that I did always have on my seed bank boxes is that let's change the world. Invest your money into your garden. I mean, if you're going to, uh, if you have, say, $50, like putting that, you know, $50 into like a stock market or to, you know things like that um, are you gonna invest it there or if you're gonna buy a, a tree for $50 that tree will produce food for you and your family say it's a fig tree every right. every year um, that's a great investment yeah I know a lot of people here in in you know Phoenix area have citrus and in case you don't have a citrus tree they produce thousands so every year around this time, what you've got a lemon tree here. I had. I, well, I have I've a lemon had, tree with like a thousand lemons on it. I only have one. Sometimes I go places and they plant three lemon trees. I'm like, no, no, no. No, you only need, need one. one. Yeah. So, and I have enough uh, lemon on my one tree for one, my entire neighborhood. For the entire, yeah. I have, uh, I have a Meyer lemon tree, a ruby grapefruit, and a navel orange tree. I think are my three, my three citrus. Yeah. And, uh. I think right now I still have at least three dozen grapefruits and I've given away two batches and I eat one just about every single day. So, you know, you, it produces so much and it's such a reward and just the taste, the taste is so different. You will never taste something in the store like you taste it from your own garden, mm -hmm. for sure. So, um, you have a YouTube channel. Uh, I will put a link in the bio. Do you want to tell the YouTube channel and then link to your seed bank box mm -hmm. um, and any other information about that you'd like yeah. to give? It's just seedbankbox.com. Um, my YouTube channel is under Pamela Mace. I give some gardening tips and show you some of the parts of my yard and tours that I give. Uh, I also have an Instagram under seedbankbox and you can find me there. Um, or just join my, join my email list if you want uh, some tips about gardening and some of the things I found because I, I not only do I want to help um, get people excited about growing their own food and being in charge of their own health I mean 
you know, I don't, I don't actually have health insurance. I never got Obamacare. <laughs> I, I, I grow my own food and I eat healthy and I live a healthy lifestyle to ensure my own health. Yeah. Um, you no, know, I want to share that with a lot of people and um, and make them successful. You want to be successful at this. Uh, yes, and I want like people to get excited about it, and I want to uh, really express and help people not make the same mistakes that I have made. I want to yeah. save you a lot of time you say that, and money. But <laughs> it's still going to happen because every beginner gardener does it uh, like I did with my artichokes. I planted them in one of my raised bed gardens and they got so large that they overtook them. Uh, and then I had to replant them and I thought it died, but it didn't. And now I have eight of them and they are massive, but I love artichokes. So I'm not even mad about it, but <laughs> at least that. we have the space for them too. But things you just don't know, you just don't know. Sometimes you just throw like, like your gorilla gardening. You said, I, I actually, I wanted to touch on that because I think it's so funny that you do this, but so you do this thing called, you have named Gorilla Gardening. So what is that? <laughs> well, because I have, um, I have so many seeds um, and I always seem to have seeds on me and in my car. Uh, whenever I go to someone's house or if I'm in a community property, uh, like in a park, and I can see an area that has got good soil and good water source, I, I will scatter seeds and not tell anybody. <laughs> Um, so even if I'm at a friend's house, I'll take some Moringa seeds and I'll start planting and they're, they, they think it's just volunteers or, you know, you could be walking in a, in a public park and look over. It's like, is that a tomato? Huh? There's tomatoes here. And so, um, as, as part of, you know, you can grow food in so many different places. It doesn't have to be a perfect bed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I start growing food all over my city and <laughs> without telling anybody, and I'll go back there and, and harvest if I want. <laughs> yep, I love it. I think that's amazing. So, like I said, I will have uh, all the links to your to your Instagram, um, your website, and also your YouTube. I'll put that in the show notes so that if anybody wants to contact or join the email list or um, get the seed bank box, it's an awesome thing. I really love it, and it's totally worth it. And gardening has completely changed my life, at, believe it or not. I mean... If anybody is was like me previously and you would plant something and it would die uh, learning to do it and the process is so much fun and and just a great time so thank you Pam for being on on this episode and uh, I hope you all enjoy gardening and get I don't know maybe a wild hair to try something new so <laughs> thanks so much and we will see you next week Thank you so much for listening to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People, with me, your host, Gabby Mazar. If you would like any more information on what we talked about today, you can find it in the show notes, or you can find it on my website, www.healthybodyworksaz.com. Please leave us a review if you like what you hear, or subscribe to our channel on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to. Join us next week to hear more stories about people just like you.